wife and I watched a scary movie this past week. Have you guys seen Bird Box yet? It's on Netflix and there's memes. I saw it all over Facebook before I even knew what was going on. And I think like 45 million people watched it in the first week, which Netflix like never releases their actual stats and their viewership. So that's pretty amazing they did that. And so it's one of those scary movies. So uh, brace yourself, but it's a scary movie, and it's one of those scary movies where you kind of go through this movie, and most of the time you're thinking, do not open that door. What are you doing? Don't go down that way. Somebody's going to get you. It's about monsters or whatever, so, you know, you're like, don't open that door. We all know what's behind that door. And then the foolishness of this character, and, the, and again, these are most scary movies are like this way, the foolishness of this character to then later on in the movie do the same thing. We just went over this. Sometimes I'll be yelling at the TV, do not do that, right? The foolishness of this character to continue to do this, don't go down that dark hallway. I'm guessing that's not a good thing, right? If you looked at my life and all the end of December's, early January's of my life, I think you may have kind of the same reaction as I do in watching that scary movie. I think you would probably see all these grand ideas of things I'm going to change in my life, resolutions I'm going to make, or, you know, a plan to have a jump start for the new year. You'd have a list of these things. You'd probably say, almost laugh, like, really? You're doing the gym membership thing again? Gained a few pounds over the years? And I plan over 2019 to lose about $30 a month with a gym membership. That's what I plan to lose this year. Not any weight, just that gym membership. I do it every year. I do this, right? You're laughing at me, but let me laugh at you. Come on now. Your January's are the same way. We have all these grand ideas of all these changes. We make these plans. We throw away something that's not going to be in our life anymore. We just go to the house and throw away all the junk food kind of thing. Don't throw it away. Just bring it over to me. You just throw it all away. You know, you cancel your Netflix. I'm not going to watch TV anymore. I'm just going to like sit in silence. My life's too busy. I want to talk to my spouse maybe or whatever. We do these things, and frankly, I would probably look at your list of your last 10 December, Januarys and say the same thing. Man, you're going through that door again. Here's the reality is that we're good at jump starts, just getting motivated to do the same thing. This is a jump start in a cup, right? I'm drinking about three a day these days, right? We're good at the jump start. Your car dies. Jumpstart that thing, and it's going to keep on going. It's still got the terrible oil in it. It's still going to be that clunker. It's going to drive like it does. It doesn't fix the alignment. It's just the same thing. It's just jump-started. And as people, it's our nature to just do jump-starts. It's that moment when you realize, yeah, I need to join the gym. Let me join the gym. That moment when you have that intense conflict with someone, you're like, okay, I'm going to change this by myself. I'll never do this again. I want to hurt you again. I'm going to make all these fixes and changes for this next year. And the problem is... We don't need a jump start for this new year. You need a reset. Like if you knew now what you did, all the things that you've, mistakes you've maybe made or things you should have changed. If you knew that and you went back about 10 years ago and you could talk to your younger self, my guess would be you'd not be saying, hey, get motivated, keep doing what you're doing. You would say, please, dude, please. You got to make some changes. Don't date that person, you know. Don't, don't sign up for this job. It's going to end terribly for you, trust me. You know, don't go sign up for this college degree. You're going to have a lot of debt or whatever. You're going to quit, whatever. You would go back and you would reset. You'd go back. You'd say, hey, don't do this. Do this. Don't go through this door. Go through this door. This is what we would do. 
But typically, we just keep jump-starting year after year, and the years do go by. And this is why Jesus' message is so powerful. Because Jesus doesn't do jump-starts, he does resets. He makes new. Yeah, I think he helps you not to go back in time and fix everything, but where you're at right now, and we're so stuck on these jump starts that God wants to actually help you reset your life and make your future different. And let me show you. On these next few weeks, I want you to come and be open, and I want to go over four questions. We'll start with one tonight. Four questions that if you'll ask yourself, it will be the, the determining factor of a jump start for 2019 or a reset. I want to go over four questions that can help uncover some things and reveal some things to help you have a reset for this next year, not just another jump start that you've done over and over and over. Here's the question for today, okay? It's the first thing we've talked about. Um, is this a jump start or a restart, okay? Before you make that rash, crazy decision to do this or do that or to get this fixed this way, before you do all those things, I want you to ask yourself, is this a jump start, right? Just putting in some energy in my body to keep going and do the same thing. Or is this a reset? And I want you, hopefully, to leave today where you can make the determ determination of what the difference between those two. Is this a jump start or a reset? I know you're thinking about new things on your Facebook feed or, you know, on social media stuff. You're seeing everybody else post stuff. Man, I'm going to start this new diet or, you know, I'm going to finally do this. Or I'm sure you're seeing awesome memes or quotes or whatever. And you're starting to think, man, maybe I should do this too. Or, you know, maybe I should do this. And that's kind of out there. And I want you, church, to consider before you say sign up for that thing, Make that promise to yourself and those around you. Is this a jump start or is this an actual reset? Here's the difference. Let me help you with it today. That's what Paul writes. It's a pretty common scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. I know you're thinking, I don't get the difference. Let's keep reading. This is from Galatians. Again, Paul's writing about the gospel. Paul says, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. Did you catch it? The difference between your jump start in 2019 and a reset for 2019 is the grace of God. I don't even like saying that. I want to have that awesome plan. I want to have the Superman willpower to bring about change in my life. But the difference between just getting the motivation and the energy to make change and for it to actually happen and have a reset happen in your life is the grace of God. Jump starts rely on yourself. Resets rely on God. I don't think there can be change in your life without God. Jumpstarts are you in charge. Boy, do I like being in charge of me. I love being the boss of me. Jumpstarts are you in charge. Resets are God in charge of your life. Jumpstarts are you making change and resets are God bringing about that change in your life. You know, we've heard this phrase, you know, you 
Just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, work hard, get it done. Now, I like that, okay? I like that until it stopped working for me, okay? There were moments in my life when I tried to pull myself up by my bootstraps and it still didn't work. And I realized that that willpower and that is just a jumpstart, a reset is saying, God, you made the boots. God, you made me. God, you gave me the strength in my muscles to pull up my bootstraps. God, you gave me this thing that I'm trying to work at. God, 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 God. It isn't about my strength and power. It is about the grace of God in my life and does my life have his grace all in it. I read that scripture about new creation. I read that and I say, I want new in my life. When I read that, I want new in my life. When I read this, I want the grace of God in my life. At what point does this turn from being true to being true for me? I so want this in my life. About three months ago, I was praying, and I was praying for the church and kind of just praying about my life. And I just felt like in that moment, God said something to me. He said, Nels, I am going to tear you apart. And that's when I said, oh, I'm so glad I prayed today and spent some time with Jesus, right? I remember I, the word that came to mind was rend. I'm going to rend you, Nels. I'm going to tear you apart. And I remember in that moment being overwhelmed with emotion, not because I was angry at God or I was scared of what was about to happen, but I was, or the pain that was about to happen, but I remember being overwhelmed with emotion because it was the deepest cry of my heart to say, yes, Lord, because I just want new. Yes, Lord, uncover what Nels has covered. Expose what I've hidden. Open what I've closed. Yes, God, because I want your grace in my life. Because I want a life that's formed by you and not just decided by me. Because I want the grace of God in my life and me aware of that so much so that when I celebrate about anything that happens in my life, I ultimately celebrate it was the gracious hand of God that made that happen. I so want a reset. I want new in my life and in my upcoming year. I don't just want a jumpstart. This is powerful, friends. Because we are so often in the cycle of just wanting different but never experiencing it. And I think that we need the grace of God to actually make it happen. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do over this next year even to consider the difference between a jump start and a reset. It's God's grace and ultimately just relying on God. Here's the first piece for me when it comes to having a reset in life and not just a jump start. In these moments in my life that God has done the most change has been when I see myself. We don't talk too much about this, I think, in the kind of Christian world. I think oftentimes we want to deny what's really going on. We don't even want to give words to it. But I think that relying on God and having an actual reset for this year is for me to actually see Nels. I believe it takes insight. I think it's the grace of God to show yourself actually you. I have a perception of me. I'm about 20 pounds lighter. It's awesome, right? There's a perception of me that I'm a winner. I'm hilarious. That's my perception of me, right? 
My perception of me is that I don't hurt people's feelings. People love being around me and stuff. I have this perception of me that I live my life with. And in these moments, God will give me this openness to say, wait, there's some areas in your life that's actually you that you haven't seen. Here's why oftentimes your new year ends up fizzling out, right? And then you just see that monthly deduction on your credit card for your gym. You don't ever go, right? Because the motivation ran out and because you haven't really seen you and you could be addressing or trying to fix or working on an area of your life that maybe you shouldn't be working on. You think about that? I feel so good that I don't have to worry about working out this year, right? I'm so great. I don't have to do that. The reality is it's like we can make all these plans and promises, but is that even the area that needs to be reset for 2019? I mean, it really? Is, is this what the issue is that I'm going to put all my eggs in here? Listen, this needs a change. Well, maybe not. It's counselor Carl Young. He says this. He says, your visions will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakens. That's pretty powerful. What is God showing you about you that he wants to make new? It may take you a while to figure this out. That's why, you know what, you don't just make New Year's resolutions in January or kind of say, here's the areas that I'm going to try to work on. How about July? That sounds great too. How about August? How about December? Right? We get fixated on this starting in the new year and making all these changes. But you know what? I think God, out of his grace, will show you you and wants to help you change and transform. Okay? The other part of relying on God is relying on his strength. Here's why I think you need God's strength. It's not just the strength to make change, although that's very difficult when you have habits to make a change. I mean, it takes some energy to do that. You know, you kind of get discouraged. You need the encouragement and all that. But I think you need God's strength because of this one issue. I found that the number one obstacle to um, seeing myself and having that kind of change in my life is fear. It's fear of how ugly I really am. It's fear of those things underneath the surface. Like having to see yourself as God sees you and some of your mistakes and areas and you know, your imperfections, that's terrifying. I think this is the number one obstacle for not allowing God to really reset our lives. We're so scared to see me. I'm scared to see the addicted me. I'm scared to see the weak me. I'm scared to see the me with all my limits and how I, maybe I'm not Superman. I'm scared, terrified to see the weak and frail me, but God, I want you to hear this, God is the one person in this world that cannot be terrified of actually seeing you. Can you think about that for a second? Your spouse could be terrified to see what's going on with you. Your parents, terrified if they saw you, right? You, terrified, scary, embarrassed. I'll run from that. I'll keep my life so busy I never have to think about myself. I don't want to look in the mirror to really what's going on there, right? Terror, folks. Think about it. We often will wear masks because we're scared we'll lose a relationship from someone. They won't be around anymore. They won't want to be around me. They won't like me. I won't make them happy, right? So we wear these masks. But think about it. 
Jesus is the one person who cannot have fear when they see, when he sees you. That should be an arms wide open welcome to say, God, I want to see me. I know you see me already. I want to see me. Lord, would you show me me? God's the one person that won't be scared of the real you. Let me illustrate this, <clears throat> kind of our, our, what happens when we don't look at ourselves. Um, you know, I, I think of like so these terrible things that have happened in this world, like the Holocaust. And, you know, if you ever watch some of these movies or documentaries, don't you kind of get that feeling? Guys, do you not see this? How could you do this to people, to innocent people? You would do this to them. The news in the last couple of years about white supremacists and what goes on there. And if you look into some old footage from like the 50s and 60s even, and what they did to African-American people. And like, I'm watching this stuff and I'm like, what are, how could you do this? Do you not see that they're people? Have you ever seen someone yelling at their kids in a grocery store and it makes you uncomfortable? You're like, dude, you gotta take that down. I don't wanna see any of that, right? See, what happens is we don't take a look at the ugly. It's too terrifying for us. And it keeps us in this pattern of pain, keeps us in this pattern of hurting people, keeps us in this pattern of never really seeing ourselves. But Jesus sees ourself. I wanna ask you, what if you can get outside of your body for a second and see you yell at a loved one in your life? You can see yourself in that moment of addiction and failure and falling into that temptation if you could just see yourself. If you could just see the effect that you have on people. See, when I, you know, hear these news stories about these awful people and what they're doing, all this kind of stuff, I don't just run to, man, you are so awful. I would never do that. I actually pray, Jesus, let me see me. I don't want it to ever get to that. And I'm very capable of awful things. Jesus, would you show me? I want new in my life. I want your healing in those areas of my life that are covered, that I'm hiding, that need your help, that need your grace. God, show me. Whenever I read these stories on the news, there's awful things, and I think about them that have happened in history, I don't just point my finger and judge these people that do these awful things. I like get humble in a moment and say, Lord, it could be me. God, would you help me? I lean on this grace. Here's what happens when you actually see yourself. Like when you see some of those ugly things inside of you, when you like see how you've treated somebody in your life, you get this like kind of this awful feeling. You kind of feel like, oh my goodness, that's me. Like when you see it, the response for a reset, the response is to say, yes, God, that's, that's me. And to surrender. Because when you see you, and this, I truly believe this. When you see you, you will see that and say, yeah, I definitely can't fix that. <laughs> like when you really see you, yeah, I can't fix that. No book's going to fix that. I need you, Jesus. See, it causes us to reach out for a savior, to reach out for rescue. We think of Jesus hanging on the cross as a pretty ugly scene. 
you know, the scene in the Passion of the Christ and some other depictions, it's pretty terrible. You kind of don't want to look at that. Like the Passion of the Christ isn't something you watch every night, okay? <laughs> you know, you don't want to see that. But when you see that and you say, that's me up there, it causes me just to say, Lord, it's me. I, I, I need your help. Have you ever done this before your New Year's resolution? So let's say, I'll use the workout example because it's so easy and we all kind of talk about that. But before you get on that treadmill and hit 10 miles or whatever you're going to do, <laughs> have you ever prayed and said, God, I can't do what I'm about to do. God, I can't bring change for myself. God, I don't have the power. I don't have the willpower, the skill, or the might. God, would you help me? So even before you take that first step, God, I, I admit weak and I can't do this without you. I surrender to you and I invite your power. Before you, you know, maybe it's an everyday thing or whatever the resolution you're thinking about. Maybe you're thinking, man, I, you know, I'm going to watch less TV and so three nights a week I'm not going to watch TV. Well, before, when you get home and you want to turn the TV on or whatever, before you start that, God, I can't do this. And so over the course of the year, you're constantly saying to God, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, it's your grace. It's about you, God. So it's not on you. It's on the grace of God. And that's what we can bank on, God's grace. Is this a jumpstart or a reset, church? Here's the thing that I think that we do is we like to keep ourselves busy. Um, I think that we like to kind of just focus on the positive things. We just talk about good things and that's all great. But I think if we just spend some time with Jesus to say, what's underneath here? And if we'll say, God, I don't want to jumpstart. I want to reset. So if I want to rely on you this next year, I'm open to what you want to say. God, how are you leading me? God, I'm so desperate for it to be a new creation. I'm so desperate for your grace in my life. Here's another example, and I'll kind of close with this. I got saved when I was 15, passionately followed Jesus, changed my life. You know, a lot of different things happened. And, and I just remember thinking in those first couple of years of when I began to learn about following him, I just remember seeing so many things in my life that I needed to change or, you know, how can I do this and how much I needed God. And I thought, I kind of had this idea that, man, this will be all right. After a few years of following Jesus, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, I'll kind of know some stuff. I'll kind of get over the weakness part, you know. I won't fail as much, you know. I won't make this many mistakes. Much. You know, I'll figure this out. It's been about 22 years now for me following Jesus, and I want to tell you with, I mean, 100%, I believe this, that now more than ever in my life am I relying on God. Like, it's not just because we have four kids now. It's not just that, you know. It's because I've matured enough to understand that I can't do anything in my life without him. Like, when I first got saved and started following Jesus, okay, well, we'll pray about the school thing. I'm going to start praying over my grades, you know. And then, okay, well, my purpose in life, let me start praying over that and inviting God into that. It, and now it's become everything in my life, God. I need you. Everything. What's everything? Everything. God, I can't do this without you. I need your grace and to be a good dad. I like to know what I'm doing, but I need your grace, God. I need your grace on being a good friend to the friends in my life. Like, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever prayed, God, would you make me a good friend? You ever prayed that? 
Meaning, have you ever invited the grace of God and his power into making you into who he's called you to be that you can't do on your own? God, would you help me be a good friend this year? God, we pray for our money. God, would you help me with my money? But God, would you help me with my money in such a way that it would free my heart to become more like you? I am busting my tail in my job. You may feel this way. I'm doing all the right things. And this, and John over here barely comes to work, you know, and he's causing sex all the time, and he gets the promotions, and he gets the raises. God, I'm doing everything I can here, you know, and I'm not getting what I need, and I'm not getting forward. Listen, church, have you relied on him? Before you walk into that door at work, do you take a second and say, God, I can't do what I'm about to do. I can't do what all these people hired me to do, <laughs> okay? I can't do it. I need you, God. God, I need you. I used, you, know, you know, when I used to work at a bank, what I would do is I would lay my hands on my keyboard, as silly as that sounds. I would lay my hands on my keyboard every single day before I logged on. I would lay my hands on my keyboard and say, God, let's face it, I can't do this. But I have family to take care of. I need this. I need to not get fired this week, Okay. God, would you help me? I need your grace. Would you stand with me, church? And these last couple songs as our worship team leads us, I just wonder, there's a couple things you could do that's practical, okay? So is this a jump start? Whatever my plan is for next year to be Superman or Superwoman, whatever that's going on in your mind, what you've been thinking about, is this a jumpstart or reset? Meaning, is this going to rely on me or God's grace? Have I asked him really what needs that I need to work on? That really what he wants me to change and grow in my life? Right now is a holy moment. And actually every time we worship together is. You may wonder what I'm doing over here. I'm not checking my phone or my scores or whatever. I'm actually trying to see Jesus. And to say, Lord, you can have me. Here I am. I need you. When I worship, I think about my family. I think about my work. My work is here at the church. You know, I think of all the things that I've got going on. And I say, I see you, Lord. I confess right now. I can't do it. I need you. I confess. I admit my limits and my weaknesses. This is such a, I love worship because I can see God and see myself and just trust him with it all. So in this worship time, you can say, Lord, I just want to rely on you this year how Lord I don't want to jump start I don't want to get the motivation to just do what everybody else is doing how do I reset this year and over these next few weeks I'm going to go over some areas of your life and a question for each area that will really reset your life this is a holy moment what also you could do is I call it a take five before work before you walk into Planet Fitness I call it a take five before you start that class again. You know, well, I take five before I walk into church. God, I can't do this. I'm weak. I confess that. And I just invite your grace, something that I didn't earn or deserve, to help me become new. Jesus, as we are taking this holy moment just to focus on you we set apart all of our plans for you whatever it is Lord in our hearts that you want to heal and grow and change in 2019 we say yes to that and we invite your grace over every area of our life every relationship
relationship, every work project, every agenda, every ambition, and we want to rely on you. 